0: welcome to higher learning for dummies we're your dummies i'm taylor and i'm nate let's get into it i take what is this take eight i think it's take eight take eight um how are you doing i'm good well, I'm okay. <laughs> Nate's drowning in school.
1: Oh, my brain is mush right now. I
0: thought I was drowning, and then I talked to him, and then I realized I'm not
1: drowning. <laughs> Remember that thing about burnout we did? Yeah. <laughs> no, so we were in a good spot at that point. We weren't burned out yet. We're just getting clobbered now. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not burned out by any means. Um, I did just get done with a biology assignment that turned my brain into mashed potatoes. So I apologize if my thoughts are not as coherent tonight.
0: Yep, but it'll be, it'll be good regardless because we, again, have another brain that is hopefully not mashed potatoes. I highly <laughs> doubt it. Do you want to you wanna introduce them? You know them better. I would love to. So today we have one of my lovely friends with
1: us. Um, fun fact, all three of us in the room are wearing hats. That's correct. So, you know, we all look pretty fly. But, oh, two of them are wearing it backwards. Should I flip mine? I think
0: you should Okay, flip it backwards.
1: For those listening, I just flipped my hat backwards. All three of us are now wearing backwards hats. But um, anyways, I've grown up with Cade. I can't remember when we officially first met, but it was in elementary school. It must have been. It was it was a while ago. A long, but long time ago. Yeah. Cade has a, lots of talents, and I'm excited for him to share more about himself. But I will, I will say this about Cade. Cade is one of the most... What's the word I'm looking for? most well spoken individuals I've ever met.
0: I would agree with that. He I don't know him so, as much, wow. but yeah. So
1: <clears throat> articulate and so clear. So I am thrilled that he gets to
0: blow us out of the water today. But Cade Pearson, introduce yourself. Who's wow. Cade? Who is Cade? Cause Cade and I only go back, what, like a month? Probably just <laughs> a month. I think so. Yeah. And we barely talked in that time frame. We did go to Coconut Island Grill. I didn't know with some that friends. That was powerful. It was, it was while you were going to conference between um those sessions we went. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no. I go for with, it. I went
1: with a with a girl.
2: So,
0: hey. Mm. Sorry. Going with Kade was <laughs> just as fun, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, go for it.
2: I think I met you though when we played games at Liv's house for the first time. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Did we win that time? I don't know. I was you guys correct? were we were on the same that, team? Wait, wait, was that? Correct? Wait, no, I was like, wasn't there. I was not there. there, that there. No, I wasn't there for Oh, Spoons. Wow, it was later
2: then. It was later. Maybe I don't know. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Cool. My name's Cade, Cade Pearson, and I don't know about the most well-spoken person. <laughs> I'd say that's a bit of a stretch, <laughs> but I appreciate the sentiment, Nate. Uh, but yeah, me Did you and Nate—he just used the word sentiment. <laughs> yeah, like I if that's it. not well-spoken, I don't know. This, why. <laughs> this one, this one again. I think
0: whenever we have a guest, it's higher learning for dummies. Plus our smarty fe- featuring Cade, the smart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep Sorry, continue.
2: Hey, you're good. You're good. But yeah, me and Nate have known each other for a long time. I grew up in North Logan as well. Went to a North Park Elementary School, you know. Shout we're doing it way better. <laughs> <laughs> North Park Knights. Uh, no, I, was, I a, was a Greenville Dragon. Oh, Thank you very wow. Much. Hey, I was a, a Dragon for one year. Yeah. Yeah, just one year. That's all. <laughs> was it a good year? No. No, it, it was <laughs> a was, great year. It was really bad. It was a great year. <laughs> really I was year. a Knight for one year. I, was I hated bully. every second of it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was great. Dragons were great, but Knights are better. <laughs> but yeah, going through high school, played a ton of tennis and golf for sports, uh, that was kind of my bread and butter. I uh, had a lawnmowing business with my friend Caleb. Worked at Capriotti's to help pay for my mission, um, and, and then, went and went where? on a mission to England. Okay. Yes, yes, and that was the Leeds mission.
0: So is that, I is that guaranteed apostleship if you if you just serve in England <laughs> and you're well spoken? <laughs> it might. There are a lot of leaders
1: of the Church of Jesus Christ that have served in England missions together. It's true. So, you...
2: And all of your
0: companions.
1: One, you'll be a,
2: an apostle. But two, your <laughs> companions will be <laughs> apostles That's a good with you, point. So. I did serve in Elder Holland's area, at one point. <laughs> so, that was pretty cool. Need I say more? There is a there is some members that uh, remembered him, and he baptized one of the families in the ward. That they remembered? So that was really cool. <laughs> no way. Yeah. yeah, so they remembered. You better everything. stay active. Really. Well, only the mother was active, ah, shoot. unfortunately. <laughs> moving probably, on, moving <laughs> on. Still really cool, though. <laughs> uh, but, yeah... Best two years ever, hardest two years ever, just like you guys and Emily were talking about. But uh, yeah.
0: What was coming home like?
2: Coming home. Would uh, you say it was
0: easier than the mission or about the same, mm, different?
2: Yeah. I think I had it better because I served through COVID Mm -hmm. and I felt like with COVID – we adjusted better. That That's just my opinion. Um, and I wasn't out knocking doors all day as much because we did a lot more online stuff. We were a lot softer, frankly. That, that's what I think at least. And so I could just kind of slide right back into things.
0: So you didn't knock doors on the mission, but you did end up coming home and do that for – well, a summer or two summers.
2: Yeah, so I knocked doors for seven months, of my mission, and okay. then we had COVID, mm-hmm. and then we knocked a few more doors by the end, but really not much. Was
0: that your same time frame as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: right about because we all, I mean, most of
1: our guy friends kind of all left at the same time. Yeah. Um, so we all had similar time under our belts when COVID hit, but you being in the Leeds, England mission, you did not a lot. Of, a lot, as many of you know, a lot of missionaries were sent home. And we're at home for a little bit. That's and then true. We'll be assigned. Yeah. He was not like like us, like you and I. Was
0: it just stateside in Kentucky England and, and Europe, pretty much? That I think it was most of Europe that didn't
2: get sent yeah. home. Yeah. Well, well, half of our mission went home because people had underlying medical problems. That was yeah. We had like asthma and stuff. People on our yeah. mission. Mm. Some. It must have been the same. But you got to stay. Yeah, I got yeah. to stay. Cool two years. but we did lose half of our mission, so I got <sighs> two areas, and uh, things just doubled up. So you served
0: in two areas.
2: Yeah. Yeah. As soon as COVID hit, I had two areas, just about my whole mission. Dang. So at one point we were two and a half hours away from the closest missionaries by car. So we Jeez. were pretty, pretty far away. It was kind of crazy. That is crazy. Yeah.
0: Thanks. So you came home.
2: Yep. Served a mission. That's right. And then I jumped into school.
0: Okay. And you're yeah. studying what?
2: Uh, so I actually went to BYU, Idaho okay. and studied marriage and family therapy nice. uh, for a semester. Then I came back and did online. And then I switched to finance later. So now I'm studying finance. You're studying finance? I'm studying finance. I'm studying finance. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't realize
1: that. I'm not studying finance. Oh.
2: Nate's going medical. <laughs> Nate, Nate's the guest on this podcast. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm
0: just,
1: I'm just here for a good time to, <laughs> to provide a room to record in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Nate's parents for being so generous to let us record here every week. got alone. <laughs> um. So before, so to introduce the topic... Speaking of finance majors, we are indeed talking about finances. And one thing, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about um, our relationship with money as college people. But to preface that, just wanted to preface a couple things. So this past conference, President Nelson talked about. Um, I'm gonna botch the quote, but it was, we can't let posterity power and popularity run our lives, or we can't let that be the main focus. So money is definitely, um, can be treated the wrong way. Absolutely. But it is a tool, and a resource that's allocated to us, and that can help us raise a family, and build relationships, and do the work of God here on earth. And so it is important to treat it as such, Mm -hmm. um, and treat it as one of those resources. And so our whole goal today is to, Talk about how to treat it correctly, have the right relationship with it, how to be smart with it. So I think I think it'll be interesting too.
1: Obviously, I am definitely the excuse me, I'm definitely the dummy on this aspect, sitting with two finance. I don't
0: know. Nate's pretty good. Like Nate and I have had a lot of like budgeting conversations, and you're pretty like mindful and aware. I don't really
1: know, maybe necessarily the logical side of it. So I'm interested to see like what your classes are teaching you guys, but. What I what I hope that people gain out of this is like because we don't know about finance that much mm-hmm. if we're being honest, right? No, we're neither like, of you two have graduated. No, neither none. of you two are. How like, many
0: how many business classes have you taken? Because uh, I've done accounting, business cal before, and like data, Yeah, so yeah, I'm like four, I'm five, shallow. So yeah. we're we're still we're still kind
1: of in the basics of it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We're all sure. what you would consider broke. Yep. <laughs> yeah. um, but like we each have experience with finance where i mean we're we're in college like we have to be financially independent at least in some way mm-hmm. right paying rent groceries are just like the basic ones but obviously like tuition etc so i think it'll be valuable to share kind of like not necessarily like our budget or how we budget but just kind of views on finance yeah views on on using money
0: for sure for sure so one big thing that i wanted to bring up kind of up front And I I mentioned this to Cade when we asked him to join us on the podcast. So, there's the time is money principle, right? Save, invest early, let -hmm. it grow. But there's also, I think this is really prevalent towards college students, there's also the principle of money comes back, time doesn't, where there's experiences to be had, places to be seen, relationships to be grown, and... Sometimes we have to, I would say there's a balance. Like Sometimes we have to sacrifice money that could be made or spend some money in order to have those experiences that could just be as valuable. So yeah. what, what are you guys' thoughts on that one?
2: So I think one of the bigger things, uh, at least in my mind, I think I always focus on trying to save and invest as much money as I can right now because if I invest my money now as a 20-year-old, if I pull it out when I'm 70 years old, my money will be worth a lot more then because of inflation and the market rising. But, I mean, there's a whole other slew of factors. So that's always what my mind is going towards is i got to save as much money as I can right now. I need to invest it. got to get it in the market because it's going to grow exponentially.
0: Because the money you put in now, is going that's what's going to grow the most. Mm-hmm, exactly. Right? Over the
2: long run. Exactly. How,
1: how do you invest your money? So like you don't have to get into the nitty gritty of it, but yeah. like just kind of the basics, like mm-hmm. what what things can a twenty year old college kid do that maybe most kids
2: don't know they can do. Right, I think. Well, investing before I really learned a lot about investing, I thought was a lot more difficult, a lot more yeah, complicated. For sure. But really, if you want to play it safe, you want to like guaranteed make money over the long term, not you know get rich quick or anything like yeah. that. Just invest in index funds and mutual funds. you do doing ETFs too. I um, mean, yeah, you yeah, can. Okay, like cool. any stocks that you feel like comfortable doing, but yeah. any index fund, basically what an index fund, for those who don't know, if you take 500 companies, it's like you invest in all 500 of those companies. So it's like playing it really safe. Mm-hmm. And when they talk about the market in general, they're really talking about the S&P 500 or these other index funds or every business collectively in our economy. So when you put your money into the economy, it will do well. Basically the idea behind it is
0: instead of, investing all your you know, investing into one company it's you know there's the 50 50 outcome where that company can grow over a certain period of time or it can decline but if you invest over 500 the chances of all 500 going down is like short to none mm. so it's safer to invest in index funds where a broader scope of shares are being touched than just one stock or share for sure so Besides that, so you, so I'm assuming you invest in the stock market, obviously. Absolutely. Through that, through that route. I do that as well. Um, it's, it, it's way low maintenance. I think people, you, you can definitely make the stock market a high maintenance investing venture um, and put a lot of time towards it. I personally don't have a lot of time, don't want to put a lot of time towards it. So index funds and mutual funds work well in that regard. Um, you have your own business as well. Yep. yep. That it's super new, mm-hmm. but you, you've invested some money into that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we have a home cleaning business that me and my friend Ryan started up uh, and we only had to invest 300, $400 of our own money into it. And then that same week we broke even and made more money off of it as well. Have you read rich dad, poor dad? I haven't. No. Um, what,
0: what? So obviously you're, you're, that that's investing more in yourself and in your mm-hmm. efforts in your short time doing so. What have you kind of realized with it?
2: Mm. With like just what starting if, a business.
0: Well, starting a business but just putting money towards yourself instead of something exterior like the stock market or whatever, you know, putting some money towards something else. Right. Well, well, have
2: you realized anything with that or I, it's still pretty new? I feel more responsibility. Okay, for sure. I feel like when I take out, you know, a couple hundred dollars for myself and I bank that on my own effort, then I mean, I'm much less likely to give up on my effort. You mm-hmm. know, I'm gonna keep on working at it. I'm gonna try a lot harder, and you know, we want to make a lot more money. I'm not just gonna basically throw that money away, right? You know? mm-hmm. So yeah, and it falls all on you, so you're more accountable. You exactly. Feel like. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And having a business partner as well, because I feel really accountable to him too. Oh, it's you and him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think I think the principle from Rich Dad Poor Dad is. I think it says something like "you you are your best investment," and mm. for that reason, for accountability, and it's all on you. You know, everything right. falls on you. It's in your control. Mm. Um, budgeting wise, yeah. What do you look like there? Honestly, from a, maybe a personal side first, I'm sure you have budgeting with the company, right?
2: Yeah. Honestly, I'm not the best budgeter. Okay. Like I, uh, at one point, I would pull out spreadsheets and stuff, and mm-hmm. I'd make an exact amount that I was going to spend each month. But now, I've really just kind of shifted my mindset and I've just tried to focus on spending as little as I can mm-hmm. and focusing on spending things, you know, that really I just need instead of want. It's like,
0: that's my mindset. That's yeah. Kind of what I do. Yeah. Well, you have some
2: organization to it, don't you? A
0: little bit. Though. And what does that look like? So, um, I have, which, so I, I kind of have two ways I
1: attack it. Um, so, I it's really nice with, with online banking because you can kind of see everything that goes on with your account, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously no there's that accountability. Needed. But that's like, it's it's almost too easy to see money leave and enter the account. So what I have, I have a I have a spreadsheet, kind of like Kate had mentioned, um, that I input every transaction that occurs in my account, whether that's a deposit or a withdrawal. And what that does is, is it keeps me accountable to myself and helps me realize very consciously every single time that I spend money because that way, um, there's not just money leaving my account and I can maybe check my app, but I have to manually go into my spreadsheets app and enter in the amount of money that I spent. And I can see that decreasing in that moment. So, um, I, I don't necessarily follow an exact budget as far as like, okay, I've got this much money to spend on this, this much money to spend on, on that. Um, but I do, I do kind of follow the same principle of, being in the age that we are, there is nothing lavish I need, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, sure, we have our, our little things that we like. Right. But, you know, the, there's nothing lavish that I need to spend money on um, because the goal is is to make it through school right now. Yeah. really.
0: Cade, what, what do you think? I mean, there's that principle to be, to be talked about as well, where just the idea of like live lower than what you have, or, like mm-hmm. spend less, spend way less than what you make Live below your means. What, what are your thoughts on
2: that? I think the biggest thing for me is staying out of debt. Mm -hmm. You know, do whatever you can to stay out of debt. Mm -hmm. And I think that becomes a lot easier. And I was going to say, with my, I mean, biggest thing with personal finance, just avoid debt at all costs. Mm -hmm. So what I did this whole summer is I just worked and worked and worked so that I could pay for a car in cash and then I didn't have to be making a car payment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also never use a credit card Mm -hmm. and I also made sure I didn't have to take out any student loans. So that way, I am not essentially kind of a slave to my debtor because when you start to build those habits, it can be really, really hard to break out of. However, I will say there's, I mean, it's a huge blessing of financing because a lot of people just don't have all this money to go buy a car, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm much rather have a car to get to work mm-hmm. than not go to work. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. And the
1: key with that really is, is staying on topic because what he's saying is it's not necessarily to be bad to be in debt. Or or to go into debt, I should say, it's bad to be constantly in debt with someone over you. So, for example, um, I, I have no credit. Sc- I had no credit score coming mm-hmm. off my machine. I never owned a credit card or anything like that. Um, I purchased a car, and I'm paying a car payment, but I'm paying well over that car payment because I can afford that because that bumps up my credit score, which will help me out obviously in the in the future. Right. No, exactly. But you know, you're at that point where where I'm in debt per se, but it's not something that I will never be able to pay for. Mm -hmm. And with debt, at least from my experience, obviously, um, and from, you know, kind of gaining off experience of of my mentors and my parents, um, a big issue with, especially like credit cards and loans, is, is that instant gratification principle. It feels like free money in the moment, which it's very much not. And it's very much bad to be in debt. But it's getting through that instant gratification desire and that can be kind of intoxicating. And people can get in more debt and more debt and more debt because it's just they get money, they get money, they get money. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to pay it at that moment necessarily. But, you know, it kind of compounds on
0: top of itself. So, yeah, yeah. So, you don't have any debt right now. I have no debt, no. And how old are you? Uh, 21. In college? Yep. Full-time? Full-time. Working how many hours? Uh, probably just 20. Right now, that's wild. <laughs> that's that's actually crazy. Yeah. That's like super, like, not super common at all. Mm-hmm. Are, are you, like, how independent are you?
2: Uh, Completely. I really? guess I pay for my own food, my own gas. Only thing I'm not paying for is my health insurance. That's the okay. Way. Yeah. I'm the pro- same but boat. I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. But I think, honestly, like, my biggest drive with that is kind of the stock market again. Okay. Yeah. Because Dave Ramsey, I'm not sure if you guys have ever listened to yeah, Dave Ramsey yeah. before. But Are you big Dave Ramsey? Dave? I'm a big Dave Ramsey okay. guy. Okay. I love Dave Ramsey. But basically, if as an American and you invest your money into the American economy, if you were to save $12,000 right now, so let's say you put $6,000 into a Roth and then another 6000 the next year, uh-huh. when you're 20 and 21, if you don't pull it out until you're 65, that's roughly
0: $800,000
2: to a million dollars, yeah, okay. roughly in there. So all you need to be a millionaire... As a twenty-year-old with twelve grand.
0: That's so that's, if you put six thousand and nothing
2: more. Not not even adding at all, and then that's that's without a match. That's without yeah, yeah. So that's just letting. That's assuming a ten percent interest rate each year. Ten
0: percent. You're probably looking at
2: or not interest rate. Sorry, market growth each year. Six to eight with inflation. Yeah, uh, so I mean, average inflation is three point five percent each year. Right. So if you don't invest your money, you're gonna lose three point five percent on your money every year. Guaranteed. That's
0: a, yeah, yeah. If you have cash sitting in the bank, it's you know if you know this this year is an exception, especially, but unless the inflation goes down over a given year, your you're your ten thousand dollars in the bank or however much you have is is losing value compared mm-hmm. to the market compared to the economy. Mm-hmm. Um. Going back to the uh, – I want to say something about going back to the living below what you make. Mm-hmm. My whole thing is everyone everyone loves or likes to and, and hopes to live larger over the course of the, their life, have nicer things, okay. go to new places, right, um, with more people. And it's really hard to increase what you're doing and do more if you start on such a high note. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think that that's one thing that I try and focus on really hard is at this point in life is, you know, doing fun things and going on on, you know, trips every now and then is totally fine. But you like I think we talked about last week being intentional, be very mindful and think about what kind of lifestyle you want to live now and set yourself set set yourself up so you can increase and have more fun going forward, but that you're not starting on a high note. That it just becomes mundane and hard to do more going forward that you put yourself at a bad spot when, you know, you're married with a couple of kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that's the thing that, that life, I think, teaches you because, I, I mean, obviously I, I, I don't speak for the world, but I feel like generally, generally speaking, everybody at some point in their life is completely broke, more or less, right? You know, living very, very poor whether that is them choosing to live below their means or it's, you know, life that makes that happen. At some point like things happen where where people lose money and they live very poorly. My parents did it. I know about several other people in my life that have done it. Whereas when you choose, not necessarily I shouldn't say choose to live poor. I like I like what you said live below your means. Um more than likely you'll probably be quote unquote, poor, for lack of a better word, again. Mm-hmm. But at that point, you know live what pretty frugal, right? Yeah, And you're not going to be like, oh man, I want to buy this or that and be so sad. But you know what it's like to live below your means and you know like how to have fun with that. You know how to continue having a happy life because it won't be the first time that you've done that. Mm-hmm. And then as well, living below your means at one point comes back because you save money, right?
2: Yeah. That actually reminds me. Uh, of a Harvard study that was done. Uh, and <clears throat> essentially, I think you actually might have been in this class with me, Nate, in the Psych 1010 class we talked mm-hmm. about it. Um, and with Gordon? With Gordon. Yeah. Gotta love Gordon. Shout out Gordon oh, Gettys. We us. love Gordon. Uh, but basically, the study was that money does buy happiness, but only up to $76,000 a year. That's true.
1: I remember yeah.
2: this. Yeah, and I actually love that study thing. because I just was—I thought it was so interesting as well because <laughs> what that means is basically... That covers all your needs and a few wants. I and mean, you know, it covers everything. You're not stressed out about your finances and you're good. You can kind of breathe a little bit. But past that, they studied the millionaires, the billionaires, the big time bosses, whatever. Yeah. And after that, you know, buying all these luxury items and stuff is not what brought them true happiness. Right. It was really relationships that did.
1: Yeah. And interesting. <clears throat> if you really think about it, like it makes complete sense because someone who is. We'll just go to the extreme. Someone who is homeless is probably not that happy. Like it's hard to be happy when you're just wondering where your next meal will be. Mm -hmm. So yeah, money, money can buy happiness if it puts food in your belly. Right. But you know, it gets to that point when, you know, you've got so much money, like, oh, what do I buy now? A yacht or or a car. Like that significance of having the money means so much less. Because it's not about it's not about like who am I taking care of or, or my quality of life per se. A lot of times that can kind of turn into showing off or whatever. But I mean that's a whole other topic. But it makes total sense how money money does buy happiness. So money is crucial, and we should be in the pursuit of money <clears throat> with whether it be career or, or current job. You know that's that's just being a human, but it shouldn't be. It isn't our
0: main focus. How much. <clears throat> how much financial stress do you guys think comes from comparison? Mm. Like living with the or what? What is it? The Joneses, keeping up keeping with the up Joneses? Joneses. Yeah, yeah. How how much?
1: What are you forty <laughs> <laughs> how,
0: five? How how much <clears throat> financial stress or stress in general comes from comparison
2: financially? I think honestly, in our culture in Utah, I think it's less. Really? I think in other cultures where. You kind of have to flex a lot more. You know, you got to wear the that. chain, got to get the nice car. <clears throat> that's true. Like that's yeah. a, that's, if you don't have the nice car, you don't have the chain, the gold watch, that's what you want. That's and true. then other people are going to look down on you because you don't have that. But I feel like here, I mean, millionaires go to Target and they wear tennis shoes. Yeah, you know? that's
1: true. Obviously it, 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 it depends totally on the culture and like the person, mm-hmm. but like think about all the professional athletes that go broke.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they're
1: buying these lavish things. That once their playing career is over, They're they different. can't keep up with that. They're like different. I can't remember who it was it, like Mike Tyson or something. I don't know, but he he owned a tiger, mm-hmm. and he went broke feeding the tiger. Like it might not be directly like, oh, I'm comparing myself to this athlete, mm-hmm. but it's oh, I gotta show that I got money. Mm-hmm. I gotta show this to the world. Like the the world needs to know that I have a tiger. I I have. No doubt that, like it was cool to have a tiger, but it was much more about the fact that he could say, "I own a freaking
0: tiger." Right? I don't think. I don't think there's much. I, I I agree with what you're saying as far as financial stress. Obviously, financial stress is everywhere. Like it comes so, like, from a lot of different. It ways. comes from a lot of different ways. I think, at at least as college students, I think that there's a lot of self deterioration that comes from comparing yourself to what you see other people have, right? Yeah. Like Cade's debt-free. You, you could cash out your car right now and take a loan out for a way nicer car. Mm-hmm. If you weren't saving or investing all your money, you could cash that out and buy, you know, what? Clothes, fancy, th- you could buy a, probably probably a healthy amount, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that as college students, you know, you might see someone around campus or see friends. And I'm not saying that that there's no college students who are, doing all the right things, checking all the right boxes and don't have nice things. There are plenty of college people doing, killing it, Mm. doing so well. But, I think what happens a lot is, you know, you'll see someone on campus, they look like they have super nice things or whatever, but you don't see the fact that, oh, like they're in debt. They took a a loan out for who knows what, clothes, you know, anything. And, what you don't see is the mountain of irresponsibility that is behind them. Yeah. Right, And so then, then you look at yourself you're like, dang, they must be working so hard. They must be killing it. Look what I'm not doing. Mm-hmm. And then it just turns into you're not treating money as that resource or gift that you've been given and it's being falsely re- represented by something else and you're biting on that.
1: Right. And we, we've talked about this too with comparison in a lot of different ways. It can, it can cause unnecessary stress. I mean, even for example, like, like Kate is a great example of someone who's, who's very well financially versed, at least personally. And like, like, like you said, he's debt free. That is fantastic. Mm. I personally am not debt free. I have a car payment. Yeah. And you know what? Like, like that's okay. Like, that's not a bad thing. I could get caught being like, oh, crap. Like, Kate's doing this. I need to do that or this. I didn't invest in this or whatever. And sometimes you can see that lead to like drastic changes that don't lead the right way. Mm. So like... You, you you do have to be careful. Obviously, financial comparison isn't always that lavish versus not lavish, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But it can just be simple different situations. Kate is in a different situation than I am, and that's okay.
0: Think yeah. about think about the investment that some of these college people, and depending on on what their majors are. Let's take pilot school. Yeah. They have one at USU. Gas? you do you know how much gas is for pilot it's school? Wild. It's like per hour. It makes four fifty per gallon look like freaking chunk change. No. Per hour, on top of all the fees, I'm pretty sure it's at least 100, 150, maybe more. Wow. I might yeah, be botching that. Someone bad. fact check it, but like the like think about the loan that they have to take out for that, <laughs> right? Or, or or the the support system that they have behind them. Yeah. But here's the thing: you look at someone like that who's in that much debt probably, mm-hmm. and someone who is killing it, right? Let's we were just talking about someone who was making well over 100 grand in one year. Yes. As a college student, right? Mm. In reality, like who's who's doing more? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, hundred grand in a year as a college student, like insane. But think about the investment that student pilots making, mm. right? That's a huge investment. Huge it's investment. An investment. <clears throat> it's an investment in yourself too. Like <clears throat> exactly. When when people think like, oh, what are the best
1: paying jobs besides like professional athletes? It's you know doctors, lawyers. How much is med school? Yeah. How much is law school? It's an investment. It's so much money. There was yeah. a doctor in <clears throat> that lived just across the street from us and literally was paying off med school debts for a very long time and he was like an accomplished doctor like med school is very expensive that's a huge investment. And so if you're comparing yourself to someone who went to business school and you know has a great job with just a bachelor's degree let's say, you know that can be so deteriorating mm-hmm. whereas it's just a completely different investment. You're investing in yourself in a different way. I'm investing in myself to go to physical therapy school, whereas Cade might invest in himself to get a master's in you know business administration or something like that. Right? It's just it's different investments, and you have to see that point of view. That
2: that reminds me, we have I have an old friend who made a very poor financial decision, uh, and you know I'm not going to list any names or anything like that, <laughs> of course. Still love him, a great guy. But this person spent fifty thousand dollars on a car took out a loan, and their salary was less than $50,000 a year. Uh-huh. And you look at that investment, and what they've basically done, let's say it was just $50,000 a year that they were making, they've kind of just given that money or that, that year of their life to their car. But the whole reason they bought that car was just because they liked it. Yeah. you know. And I mean, I'm not a huge car guy, so I can't really like, click with that. But I okay, totally but you did agree. sell cars. For I did. A bit. I did. Sell cars, yeah. <laughs> I did. I did. And I saw some of the worst financial decisions made. <laughs> but did you it. facilitate those? Uh, no. <laughs> you a few. <laughs> yeah. I tried my best. I tried my best. But yeah, I totally agree. And like your time equals your money, and your money equals your time. And you just got to be really careful how you spend your time.
0: Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I think. Yeah, spend, I mean, time, time what, what, what's the quote I shared with you a while ago? I'm going to, I'm going to, it's the, if you want to, if you want to share a lot of quotes. See, <laughs> if you want to see what someone values, you look at their calendar and their wallet. Because oh, what yeah, they spend yeah. their time and their money on is what they prioritize the most.
1: Yeah. Mm. And I think, I think we get lost because too often I think we look at them as two completely separate things. Yeah. Like, like time means I'm spending money. Money means I'm wasting time. That is not true. No, it's not true at all. Like some people genuinely enjoy like their time to be spent making money or doing or investing. Like like working to make money, Um, and other times like time does mean spending money. Other times time doesn't mean spending money. You know, like you you can't look at things in such a, a black and white aspect. So yes, it's true. Like like money does come back, but you know what? You do need to take some time to earn money.
0: Yeah, it's a balance. It, yeah, absolutely, it, it is a balance. And that's but,
1: but my point, I guess, is it's not a balance between two opposites.
0: Yeah, time mm-hmm. and money don't have to be opposites. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a balance that's going to look different for everyone in, in every situation, right? Like we going back to pilot school example, like that. I, I I think I think it goes back to being intentional and and making an effort to one be aware of where you are at financially and the actions you're taking to become better financially, Mm -hmm. right? I think a huge thing for me is budgeting. I know Nate does that. You sound very business-minded, Cade, right? Mm -hmm. Like have your own business, did sales, whatnot. So I think think it just, it takes, I think all it takes is time to self-reflect and look at what you're doing and ask yourself, how can I make a better balance or be a little bit smarter financially?
2: Mm Absolutely. I it's you know, different for everyone. That, that's
0: different for different. everyone. There everyone can find things that they can
1: they can cut costs on. Some people it's you know, spending money on clothes, some people maybe spending money on food. You know, there's always financial things that we can do to put
2: ourselves a little bit better
1: off. Yeah. And that's
2: different for everyone. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important as well. And I always forget this as a college student. It's just you got to do what you love right now as well, you mm-hmm. know? And just make sure you can make a little bit of money while you're doing what you love. Mm-hmm. Because if you think, okay, as soon as I get my college degree, then I can finally do this. I mean, I, I have two brothers, when and got their degrees, never used them, you know? <laughs> and so many people will say that as well. And so I think just start right now, do what you love, find a way to make it work and just, you know, muddle through school, just figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Invest in yourself. You
1: can have fun, enjoy college and still be financially okay.
2: Yep. Mm
0: -hmm. That's a fact. I think you have to be flexible. Yeah. And it's going to, you know, flexible, but like rigid at the same time, you know? Yeah. Like have, have your limits. I, I think we talked about it last week. When there's a plan and you're not just reacting, you have way more control over what you can do. Yes. Right? So and I think it comes down to budgeting and just being thoughtful. Budgeting looks different for everyone. Being intentional, you could say. Being intentional. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Kate, any other pieces of advice or anything you would give to a college student or anyone?
2: Yes. So you asked me before this if I had a good piece of advice. I did. And so this actually reminded me, quick story, two-minute story, okay. that a friend, Isaac Olson, sent me. Shout out Isaac. 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 And I just love this story. I'll read it quick. A father told his daughter, congrats on your graduation. I bought you a car a while back and I want you to have it now. Before I give it to you, take it to a car dealer in the city and sell it. See how much they offer. The girl came back to her father and said, they offer me $10,000 because it looks very old. The father said, okay, now take it to the pawn shop. The girl turns to her father and said the pawn shop offered $1,000 because it is a very old car and a lot of work is going to need to be done. The father told her to join a passionate car club with experts and show them the car. The girl drove to the passionate car club. She returned to her father after a few hours and told him, Some people in the club offered me $100,000 because it is a rare car that's in good condition. Then the father said, I wanted to let you know that you are not worth anything if you are not in the right place. If you are not appreciated, do not be angry. That means you are in the wrong place. Don't stay in a place where no one sees your value. Know your worth and know that you are valued because a diamond doesn't shine on the bottom of a cave.
0: We might need to have a weekly quote from Cave. That was
1: fantastic. <laughs> that was sweet. I, I loved how that, that took finances and money and, like, like that was a perfect story. True story. That I think that might be something that maybe we don't talk about enough. Mm-hmm. We talk about a lot of, I don't know if monetary is the word, but just things we go through in life. But, like...
0: We don't really talk about, like, being.
1: Yeah. And maybe we should more. But, like, that, I mean, I thought that was great because, I mean, we just talked to us so much about finance. Your worth has nothing to do with how much money you have. Like, everyone has something to offer. Kate just offered us so, so much today. And that was, like... I'm I'm still like floored. Yeah. At how much I've learned today. But yeah. I thought thank you, Kate.
0: Yeah, thanks guys, for joining thank us. Thank you. This has been sweet. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.